What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Modern Marketer, brought to you by Modern Commerce. If you are listening to or watching this podcast on a Modern Commerce channel, so like if you're listening to the Modern Commerce audio feed on on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or if you're watching this on the Modern Commerce YouTube channel, uh, please search for Modern Marketer because pretty soon these we're going to keep putting them on the Modern Commerce feed for a while, but we're actually going to make a new feed for Modern Marketer. So. Uh, yeah, please subscribe there, especially if you're into the marketing episodes. That way, all the stuff you get from Modern Marketer will be all marketing. If you don't want to hear us talk about creator stuff, if you don't want to hear us tell random business stories, uh, which are other things we do on Modern Commerce, then you'll just get the marketing stuff on Modern Marketer. Some people just want the marketing stuff, Casey. Uh, Casey, you are muted. So I'm going to give you a second to just figure that out. Um, I know it's hard. You know, We've only been using Zoom for three years now. Actually, it's longer than that for me and you, but the whole world's only been remote for three years now. So I, that mute button, it's tough. I get it. Yeah. I got one of these, like, I don't know how to describe it. What's a good uh, adjective, but one of these loose cords plugged into my mic. One of these, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, when you go to like an old hotel and you yep. plug in your cell phone charger yeah, and it just falls right little... out of the wall. Yeah. That's the exact situation I have with the cord yeah, going into my mic. Right used up, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't like it. There's a little too much bend. I, I, the, only, the only analogies I can think of are are uh, not work appropriate. They're not safe right. for work analogies, but you get the yeah. picture. NSFW. Yeah. NSFW. Yeah. Anyway, my uh, mic cord fell out of my mic. And when that happens with the software we're using, it, it automatically mutes you. So yeah, it's like if that no, happens again. I apologize in advance. Yeah, I have another cord. I just haven't gotten around to replacing it. I'm like, well, I should wait till it's a really big problem. Well, I guess I the question problems. is, is, uh, is the problem on the male side or the female side? You know, I mean, I, the new cord might yeah. not help if the, if the problem's on the mic side, you know, I could check the egg count of the mic uh, yeah. and, and the sperm count of the wire, but I'm just going to try swapping the wires and see what happens. Yeah. That's the best first. Policy. I think more than likely, no matter where the problem is, it's probably going to be a little bit better. You know, I'm going yeah, to have it's that. Little, honestly, it's probably a little bit of both. You know, They're yeah. just a little too used to each other at this point. A little change is good. A little variety. Yeah. Spice of life. They got to switch it up a little bit, the mic, the mic and the cord. Um, now you're getting it, John. Yeah, I am. Uh, I mean, my wife keeps telling me that, but I don't really get it. Um, Casey, how's your week going? We're recording on a Friday. Fridays have been big recording days for us lately. So, yeah, uh, Fridays are... you want to tell me about it? You want to unpack your week for me? Well, uh, kind of in a daily cycle lately, as opposed to more of a weekly cycle in the past, yeah. which is just, there's nothing, there's a lot. I don't know how to explain it. it. We're so used to the weekly, like even going back to our agency days, you know, you're kind of more on even a monthly cycle there in certain yeah. positions, especially like, uh, I want to say like strategy positions. You're more in like a monthly cycle and the more you're like doing things, which with our most recent endeavors into podcasting and whatnot, uh, there's been a heavy weekly cycle. And now with some of the content we're creating, I'm in a daily cycle and it's just, it's honestly, it's just three different mindsets altogether. Daily cycle is all about just like break things and move quickly and just go. Yeah. And if it's not great, just publish it, get it out, get it done, ship it, move it. And realizing that the, the weekly I, I was used to it for so long. And the monthly, was it's that 100-foot-away view where you're looking at it. Yeah. And you can take all the time in the world you want. How do I feel about this? Let me gather my thoughts. And, oh, that's three weeks away before I have to actually, like, you know, 
even think about show it some the... kind of thought pattern on this and, right. and, and yeah, explain like myself think about it for a while it's yeah. a lot of output though on the daily cycle <clears throat> you're i mean because you're outputting three podcasts and videos a day for for our other for our sports pod so it's like it's yeah. a lot of output which is nice right like you get to finish each day feeling like you did something it's true. Uh, i finish a lot of days feeling like i did nothing mostly because yeah. i didn't do anything on those days but uh like it just you know it's nice to have it's like i it's it's kind of why i think people like mowing their lawn you know what i mean sure like you mow the lawn and you're like, look at that. The lawn is mowed now. It's finished. I've done it. That is uh, a feeling of accomplishment for sure. That That is, that, that's a good comp to it. I would say yeah. definitely there's a, a sense of just obvious like output, which is nice, but at but the same time, the, it, it's the easy weekend. to get lost in it too. Yeah. You get lost in it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we got a couple of our weekly shows here. We're going to record today, so this will be fun. Um, doing a modern marketer. What do we got? What do we got today, Casey? You, I think you kind of planned this one, yeah. Yeah. So that'd have been weird if you were like, no. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, <laughs> like, no, I thought you had something. Okay. Yeah, well, bye and then everybody. We published this, we published this <laughs> anyway, so people hear all this. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds like us. Uh, like I said, you just got to ship it. Don't t think too much about just it. Why show up with a plan? Now, John, uh, just recently you posted a tweet on Twitter. Yeah, imagine that's that. That's where you post tweets. Yep. Well, sometimes on Instagram, I guess. That's true. Some people, that's a trend right now. People are screenshotting them uh, and yeah. making them into carousels on the on the Instagrams. Yeah, I guess that just changed the delivery mechanism a little bit. But we are on Twitter today. Wanted to take a look at this. It got a little bit of run. Uh, a little, little organic lift, I think uh, yep. you might say. Yeah, I thought it was and... shadow ban there for a minute, but it turns out my content just sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I thought it was good, man. Oh, but we're it. we're going to take a look at this tweet that you put out. There were some responses to it. I have some questions around it as well that I'll ask you. Uh, but just so that the audience can see what we're talking about. And if you're on audio, we'll read it so you don't have to be able to see it. But absolutely, you can see it if you're on the video pod on YouTube. There it is. Do you want me to read it? Like, yeah, I'll read yeah, it. I'll go ahead and let. Since it was your words, usually yeah. I would read it if I pulled it up, but uh, since they're your <laughs> words, I'll do that and I'll try to. Uh, we have a pretty good Zoom going on, so if you are watching on a video platform, you can yep. actually read along too. Uh, or if you're like you, you like punctuation and you want to make sure that John didn't misspell any words and stuff like. That. <laughs> Probably... Uh, but yeah, I'll let you read and I'll just follow along here. We'll stay in this nice. All right, so like, I need to like put on my audio vote. Like my, audio... <clears throat> like if I were to ever read a book on audible, it would be like this. All right, here we go. That was kind of lacklusterly laid in the lollipop <laughs> lane and landed a little late leap. I don't, yeah. Leap. <laughs> I just try to stay on late, the L's. I don't know. Right there for you. <laughs> hey man. You never know where it's going to go with improv, all right? No. All, all right, right John. Uh, here's what the tweet says. It says, brands, this is why your agencies suck. I remember when I first started freelancing before I hired anyone, before I really had a quote-unquote agency, I figured if I grinded hard and did good work for my clients and made a deal where if I won, they won, or if they won, I won, then I could work with three or four brands and have an uncapped earning potential. I would grow as they grew, so I grinded. I took a few brands that were long shots. These were brands that needed someone to put in the hours scripting, editing, sourcing, and testing new creatives every single day. 
Uh, these were brands that needed someone to not only give them feedback on their landing pages, but to actually make the landing pages for them, literally. Uh, these are brands that needed someone to look at their margins and the cost of acquisition and build compelling offers for them. So actually take their products and bundle them into compelling offers. Um, and I mean, actually build them in their Shopify backend, make the products, make sure the offers worked with their fulfillment systems, all of that stuff. Um, basically, these were brands uh, that needed someone to do what whole teams usually do, which is everything. And they needed it fast and they needed it for a low price. So I did it for a low price, but plenty of upside. So if I won, they won. And the fact is some of them did win. Some of them got big. Uh, some of them sold. They made a lot of money. Lives were changed. Um, the other fact is I don't work with a single one of these brands today. Some of these brands got big on the back of my work. And I'm not talking about being like a part of what made them big. I'm talking about being the 20% of their team that drove 80% of the results. Without fail, the ones who, gave, who gained success with me moved on. Uh, some of it, some of them did it the first time. We didn't have a month that we set a new revenue record. Uh, some of it did it because of my "if I win, you win" strategy. Uh, they felt like the check they sent me every month started feeling like a lot of money to them, even if it the amount of money actually made logical sense. Uh, many did it because some agency came along and just gave them a better pitch than I did. Uh, these agencies used. Nice, fancy slide decks, things that I've used as an agency since. Uh, they've they used te terminology that meant absolutely nothing, but it sounded like they knew what they were talking about. Uh, they told the brands about super cool targeting tactics that I'd already tested and I knew didn't work. Um, basically, they just came along and they looked more buttoned up than the scrappy kid who was actually making things work for them. Uh, so that's kind of the end of the tweet. And the, I, I posed two questions to the audience. One, uh, what would you do if you were me? what would your takeaway have been? Because um, the funny thing here is I started this whole tweet by saying, this is why your agency sucks. And then I proceeded to tell people about the early days of having my agency. Uh, and kind of seems like it's actually the brands that suck, not the agency in this scenario. There's a part two of this tweet. This was like more than twice as long when I originally wrote it. And then I was like, that's too much. People aren't going to read that. So I would just put this part in there. And if I figured if it got good engagement, then I would put part two on Twitter. Maybe I'll do that today after we record all of our shows. But that's the end of the tweet. Casey, do you have a response? I've just talked for quite a long time. Yeah, I'll give you a little breather here. Uh, your last two questions in the tweet, uh, or your only questions, I suppose, are what would you do if you were me and what would your takeaway have been? I think I'm a little biased, right? Like, right, because you were there. Like, yeah well i mean Maybe I you, this might be some of this was before you were there but yeah you there's were the, overlap at least yeah. right like yeah. there's and i and think that even that came back to us <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so i think i'm a little biased on this i think it'll sound uh you know more or less like the same sort of answer you would give to your own questions uh but i also think that these are actually like real questions too i don't think they're fully rhetorical which Right. I think a lot of people do on Twitter. I think, honestly, even you do it sometimes. Like, you okay. ask a question. I mean, I wrote of, out a whole answer to this, but I was like, hey, I mean, before I get into that, right? there's a lot exactly. of people who follow me. And that's why we're doing this on Modern Marketer. There's a lot of people who listen to the pod who are agency people. Um, there's a lot of people who follow me on Twitter who are agency people. And I, I, I tend to actually kind of shit on the agencies a little more often, actually, mm -hmm. uh, which is funny because I'm from the agency background. But I, I basically just say that, hey, the agency business model, it's not aligned with a brand business model. So no matter, you know, if you're on the brand side that you just you got to know that going in. 
Um, but, but yeah, I, I figured this would resonate with all the people who follow me and listen to us that are, that are agency folks. Yeah. So you, you probably, I guess you do have your thoughts. You have a second half of this already written. So you have your thoughts prepared on these two questions already. But what I mean to say is like, you're not just asking the question for content's sake, just to get answers so that you can already like battle them. I think that there's actually like more often here than in the usual stance. Uh, I, I would think that somebody could actually maybe have a thought that changes your mind on something because this is like potentially th this is very uh personal to your experience as opposed to just kind of a broad you know philosophical marketing question so yeah. my questions to this <laughs> or my answers to this uh would be probably pretty similar to what actually happened so what would you do if you were me i mean ultimately knowing what i know with the context that i can't really remove knowing what i know about you and wanting to being such a I use these terms, uh, you know, like peak chaser and floor watcher, yeah. you know, and I think you are like the quintessential, like peak chaser. You want to just chase down the biggest thing and make the biggest impact all the time. And once you get that one, like maybe that's not sustainable, but like we don't have to sustain it as long as we repeat it as often as possible. Right? Yeah. So knowing that you want to share in the upside so bad with these successes, because you just want to create successes, right? You can't guarantee that'll always happen with every client, but that's what you're optimizing for generally. But yeah. you want to be aligned in the way that when that happens, you get rewarded, which I think is basically the frustration that kind of comes off of this tweet. Um, so what would you do if you were me? I mean, yeah, knowing what I know about you, I would probably get out of the agency. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, uh, I mean, this I, I continue to follow the agency path for several years after this, multiple years. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, like just knowing feeling like you got several brands kind of to the quote unquote mountaintop uh, that, that you were, you know, the self-described mountaintop at a certain point in their brand journey. Yeah. I mean, even in my experience, we've definitely done that with brands. We brought them on in one spot that we go, what were your, what are your ultimate goals? And we go pretty much immediately to that spot that's happened before. Yeah. And yeah, we never really shared too much in the upside because then they'd cut bait, uh, which you already described. But that's why I say ultimately, I'm like, oh, it seems like not a great fit for like this model, actually. Like maybe you do belong more on the brand side, uh, which mm -hmm. you're doing more of now. Uh, so that's what I think about what would I do if I were you uh, and what would your takeaway have been? I mean, it would have been just that, that like you need. You either I think either your, your approach has to change, like your mindset about it has to change. And maybe you adopt a little bit more of that floor watcher kind of babysitting mentality. Yeah, uh, to fit super well into agency life, uh, which <clears throat> I wouldn't say that like, you know, I, I'm not necessarily like the peak chaser you are, but uh, I'm not so floor watchery that all I would do is like, you know, babysit something, you know, uh, either. But I, I identify a little bit more with that side of the spectrum, I guess, uh, than you <laughs> in comparison to you. I think most people yeah. would. And uh, that'd be my takeaway is either your mindset has to adjust or the environment has to adjust, which is more the route you went, because I don't think your mindset you're. At this point in your career, I think things like this can slightly change your opinion on things. But I think your overall perspective in business is pretty fixed. I think you're you're pretty rigid at this point. You have your thoughts and you have your successes to back it up. So like what if someone's got to give it doesn't have to be John. That's my opinion. Hmm. Typically your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I hear you. I don't know if I. I don't know if I agree that it's fixed. I think, uh, yeah, it, it really without getting into sharing like the essentially second half of what I wrote here, I think mm -hmm. you, you're, you're more or less dead on. It's like 
you can just bail, start your own brand, you know, or you can um, essentially adjust to adjust the agency business model. But remember the beginning of the tweet. The beginning of the tweet is here's why your agencies suck, right? So right. here's a story about being an agency. What would you do? You would adjust your business model to the business model that you as a brand now say sucks for brands, right? Like mm -hmm. now agencies fit everything into a playbook. They don't do that kind of work. They don't grind like that. They don't care about the brand. Like I was thinking yeah. about my brands in the shower, like when I was taking walks, like not right. my own business, not my own agency business, not that at all. I was thinking about the brands that I was working with. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you adjust like what you would do is you would keep that momentum going. Cause that's the business you've started to build and you would adjust it to be, you know, just more proofed against that, which ultimately creates less investment in the individual brands, right? If any brand, uh, if any brand goes out of business I'm just moving on, you're muted again, by the way. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree with what you're saying. Are you yeah. hearing a little echo? I don't want to echo on you. You're good. Okay. Uh, let's move on to some of the responses you got from this tweet. Okay. Yeah. That might be, yeah. that might be the right move here because you got a few and from some people I know as well. So maybe I'll have Thank something you. to say about that. Okay. So first off reply by you. Glad to see this getting a bit of engagement. It did get a, a little over 7,000 views. You know, what, so I always, you know what I always think about uh, book, bookmarks are really weird. Like I, it's always weird to me when things get more bookmarks than they do like comments yeah. or something like that. Like, well, you need to bookmark this. Like what? I, <laughs> so I heard somewhere I do, that's like, a really like valuable, like to the algorithm. Yeah. Like, well, so, so if I do like a six tips type of thread or something like that, I get a bookmark. I understand the bookmark then. But like you just you need to bookmark this story like what why <laughs> like you can maybe they were planning on coming back and writing a, a reply to it I guess I yeah that seems like a weird way to use Twitter honestly I can't yeah, even imagine I know that, I know, but... I, know. I, I never understand when I see tons of bookmarks on things that I'm like I think you could just read that and like internalize it like you don't need to it's not like right. there's tips there you need to remember or Plus, is... I think people use their social media bookmarks like I bookmark things all the time I almost never come back to them. I could see somebody using the bookmark function pretty similar to the retweet, but you almost don't want to have that out there that, that you yeah. don't want to have people see that you retweeted it or liked it or something. So it could be that like, this is a little hidden stash for me to like come back and look at later or something, or, right. or even or a, like, a timeline of that. Validity. I want to give this tweet validity. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. a, a diary feed almost where it's like, this is just for me. Cause nobody can see yeah. what you bookmarked. Right. right, it doesn't. Right. There's no personal bookmarks, so yeah. yeah, they can see your likes, they can see your your quote tweets, your retweets, those things. So maybe that's how they use it. I don't know. I don't use. I don't think I've ever hit bookmark on anything. So uh, <laughs> not a power user on Twitter. Hey, uh, so I, I want to look over people's shoulders as they use social media. I don't uh, know yeah, if you've done that with your significant other, but it's that's it's a it's an interesting experience. <laughs> okay, so in this uh, reply, you also said that you wrote a second half, which you already shared with us. Yeah. Uh, let me know if I should post it. I don't know. TBD, I guess. Uh, first real reply here is from Charles. I'll save that for... Uh, there we go. Uh, he says, the question is, did you ever take a loss when your work didn't perform? Skin in the game isn't about upside. It's about downside. Losing when they lose, not winning when they win. Of course, any brand doesn't want to proportionally 
pay someone more as they earn more. Did you consider changing your model based on learning this fact? Yeah, I'm like, obviously, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I ever learned that fact. Like, I understand. Didn't you learn something, John? Did, Gosh, you, learn you, that, did you learn that sometimes businesses lose money? Uh, yeah. yeah, like I already knew that. Like, they were mostly already losing money when they came to me. Like, that's kind of what I meant. Is it's like, they're losing. They're about to be got done, like, next month. Um, so, yeah, like that. I mean, I, I'm specifically, like, when he's like, did you lose when they lost? I'm like, the ones that I'm talking about in this tweet, first of all, were losing. Undefeated. They, they were defeated, <laughs> right? Like, they, they were losing. They're about to be done, like, next month. And then mm -hmm. we didn't take any L's for, like, a long time after. Yeah, I mean, once they joined with you, they were undefeated, like. Yeah, at least, at least the ones really that, long time. Yeah. that I overlapped with. That's my my memory of most of them. At least. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what I mean. I mean, these are like my home. I'm talking about like my home runs, my highlight reel. Not all of them are like that. And just right. you're clear, talking about stuff that you you feel like you got compensated relatively poorly for really good performance. So it's yeah. already eliminating the bad performances. So, Charles, take that. Yeah. So that that's one part of this. But I think I responded to him like, in, in a sense, the answer is yes to both parts. Right. So. For example, like, did I lose when they lost? Like the way that a service business model works, like the way that I would structure these deals is like, if they didn't win, I like didn't make any money. Right. So I would make zero and I still had bills. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and like, they might lose money. Uh, I didn't give them mo more money to lose if that's what he means. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would not make any money and I wasn't working with other brands. Right. And I wasn't, the other thing I wasn't doing was I wasn't building my business model to like need other brands. It was like, these are the three that I'm, that I'm rolling with. These are, these are my ride or dies when they yeah. win, I'm going to win. If they lose, I'm not going to be making any money. Right. So, so similar to like a injury attorney or something like that, I don't make any money unless you win. Um, but most of these were like long shots. So that's the other thing is it's like, I wasn't just only taking cases that were going to be winners that I was taking like long shots. And I was like, I'm not taking any business. So, so the way that I lost was like, I'm not going to make any money at all. Zero. I don't have any money. Like I don't even like have, like, I wasn't like independently wealthy or anything like that. Um, and I'm not building my business in a way that is like going to make, like, I'm going to make some money somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so in a sense, like, yes, like I, I set myself up to be like, if you lose, I will also lose. Like I won't yeah. be able to pay rent. Um, if I may, uh, there's something in my personal experience. So this isn't just pulling from what you've said. This is in that overlap time period. So maybe not accounting for all of the circumstances that you are tweeting about necessarily. But I think I have a decent sample size to, mm -hmm. to speak about this. In those situations... There's something else kind of totally separate that I would say that that I I noticed looking back on. And it's like if you're not going to get compensated on the super high highs for not very long, the other thing you could do is kind of lower that upside in your model and try to pitch like a longer contract length. Right. Yeah. Still getting like a nice meaty, uh, you know, bit of revenue for like having a, a, a partnership, you know, like you don't nobody wants to say yes to something. Yeah. And like, like have their whole livelihood rest on some month by month. Like you can 
you can leave me whenever you want and i can't make a ton of money from you or anything like that's a hard way to make a living like yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean look what i was doing it was a hard way to make a living i was like putting a i was a bet on, betting a lot on my skills and and back back then you know it was a time where like if you were just a really good growth marketer and and really good at paid ads, then you, you could make brand work. Um, so I was yeah. betting a lot on it. Uh, I couldn't have signed a long contract with any of these, like the ones that I'm thinking of, uh, right. a long con it's like, yeah, all right. I can sign a long contract with you, but dude, I'm not going to be in business in two months. So I don't, you know, it's not going to be helpful. So uh, that was going to be my point. Not that exactly, but if somebody said like, oh, you should just readjust your model and maybe, you know, try to get more of it on on a, a duration basis instead of like, oh, you want to yes. get, you know, make it work that way. And that would be my point is one. These brands weren't all super stable for one. Yeah. And that's not really in the cards necessarily. But your opportunity to get paid is when you know they just had a cash influx because you performed well and they yeah. can now afford you. So that's why that makes sense. And the other thing is. In all the brands that I can remember, the longest standing ones, the ones that hurt the most to lose because they were around for the longest, those, at least in the ones I remember, were month-to-month -month clients that were just generally the happiest with us. Yep. And we never pushed a longer discussion onto them. Like It was always oh. just month-to-month. -month. The ones that we intentionally came in and tried to go, it's a minimum three-month. Uh, we'd rather do six-month. We start with like six-month minimum, and then maybe we get negotiated down to three yeah. And anytime we did that, that was what ended up being, not anytime, but with these ones in particular, felt, felt more like a maximum, honestly, looking yeah. back on it in hindsight now. Whereas month to month usually surpassed that pretty easily because it just became so clear, like the value exchange is good here. But there's something about that negotiation, like that's where it's easy to say, just change your business model. But all of a sudden leads that should be closing can just drop off because you can't agree to like some guarantee of six months which would make it so much easier to swallow like half yeah. of the upside. Right. Sorry, and to anyone listening to this, who's like, Oh, I see ways that you could have adjusted this business model, you know, or I, I see, or, or anyone who responds to it and says that it's like, well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I led with, this is why your agencies suck. Like, because you can't run this business model. That is actually, that's the best business. What I just described, that's the best thing for the brands. Somebody who's that invested, somebody who's like, smart skilled is willing to bet uh on their on their capabilities and like is going to be that invested that's the best most aligned thing for the brand uh but it doesn't work out so anyone who's like oh yeah well why don't you adjust your business model i'm like that's what i'm saying yes all agencies adjust their business model and that's why they don't, that's why they suck that's why brands say they don't like agencies Okay, moving on to the next one here from I am Shackleford, Nikki Shacks, the Shack Man, Shack Attack. Yeah. Shackalicious definition. Okay. Shackle. Nikki Shack. He says Just got married. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out Nick and Shanice. Congrats on the, on the wedding. In Barcelona. 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 It's a it's a soft Barcelona. Thank you. Respect the culture. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway Shaq says no loyalty in this game survival at all costs which yeah actually right now live from the modern commerce account i'm gonna go ahead and like that one that not one. because i necessarily love it uh love the the message behind your, it that was that was your wedding present yeah what, wedding present to nikki shacks was one like <laughs> on his reply to my tweet but this is such a Shaq response it's like vibes first yeah you know what i mean i'm like oh this feels no like just in the game like if you asked uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone or like some action star from the 80s or 90s, 
this question to be like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger would be perfect. No loyalty in this game. Survival at all costs. Like, Survival at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I like the vibes of it, but I kind of hate that this is like a honestly a pretty truthful answer. It, yeah. So um, I think the thing. And, that, and from a guy who owns an agency, nonetheless. just through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the person who bought our agency. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think that uh, what bugs agency people what bugs agency marketers or good marketers who are willing to be freelancers and agencies and they're willing to work for another brand and like they want to be like yes i would like to only work for you and two other brands and i would like to have an uncapped earning potential i would like to do really good work really meaningful work and really impactful work and i'd like to get compensated really well for that the better i do the more i get the more money i make that's how what i would like to do right i think what rubs marketers like that wrong is that it's not just survival like they were all they were thriving right a lot of times you get those brands to a point where they're thriving and, and, and then, survival is no longer something yeah. they're they're trying to outrun you know yeah so so that's the thing it's like for whatever reason they think that you know they don't want to dance with the one that brought them to the to the dance like so yeah i think that i think that's what it really is it's like yeah no loyalty in the game absolutely true uh survival at all costs but a lot of times it's not even like yeah i got him past that survival at all costs phase you know and then it's like how quickly they forget really uh, yeah it's good so so yeah and i and this is none of this and if you're listening to this like oh this guy's like bitching and complaining like no that's what i'm saying again the first the first part of this was like here's why your agency suck here's why everybody every brand thinks that the agency isn't good and this is why i always say that the business model isn't aligned because here's an aligned business model yeah. And it, it never works out for the marketer, never works out for the agency to run an aligned business model. You know, you say, that's why I always say this, but this is an example of it, it just defending my stance from earlier. I, I guess I shouldn't have said like fixed view, but more rigid view than when you were, de when you were yeah. living in the time that you're referencing here. You, that's all I really meant is that you firmed well, up still, like, some of your thoughts. And the, fix the this? Yeah. Well, the reason you always say that now is because you didn't. I mean, I was around for the second half of this this era. Uh, you didn't You're really say the stuff like last three quarters of this era. Sure, fair enough. I was trying to be humble there, but yeah. uh, the, the you know agency not being aligned based off of like a basic model isn't something that you said as much back then. Maybe you did say it here and there. I'm not too sure, but mm -hmm. uh, but now I definitely have noticed the increased frequency of that message uh because yeah it's become more relevant to kind of our our partnerships so anyway yeah. let's move on uh yusuf has a, a last uh reply and then i have a couple questions i'll just rapid fire at you before we close out john yeah uh, yusuf says very common with performance deals no matter how much you make them and no matter how small your percentage is if the actual amounts get relatively big they'll replace you yeah but to be fair, if you look at it from an LTV perspective, I bet you've made decent money. Uh, yeah, I mean both 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 statements true. Uh, with these brands, I did in in many cases end up making decent money, and that's why I set the deals up that way. And for a time, they're happy to pay it, but but pretty soon it starts to feel like sending somebody a check for twenty five k is like it's just one guy. I feel like we could hire a whole team for that or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but I I yeah I think that the again. The miss here is that it's like, well, yes, I made fine money, but I didn't build a business that 
accounted for like that the the disloyal or accounted for them essentially like no matter how small the percentage is or no matter how much it makes sense to pay me that performance pay you know there's just an amount that they're not going to like i didn't build a business model that accounted for that right i built a business model where it was like i want to find a few brands to work with and that's what i want to do for the next five years 10 years 20 years whatever um and and i want to have an uncaptaining potential doing that that is so this was I, I think this was just the whole experience of learning that 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 world doesn't exist right and and that's why the agency business models are the way that they are right and so so yes i yeah. did make fine money but and and they and that carried me through to being able to figure out like there were some months i was just burning through that money that i made trying to figure out like oh i i can't do business like this i actually have to have a steady flow of inbound leads and and we have to have a playbook for everybody and we have to not care so much about our client businesses, to be honest. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, this is all, this is all pretty true. You have any, yeah. you have any input here because I think this is where you sort of came into the picture. Yeah. So based again, just based off of the situation you set up, which when you are the OP in a Twitter thread, yeah. you are setting up the universe. And to say that, to be fair, I bet you made decent money in, is the goal on your home run clients to make, decent money or like good that's money. a great point my goal was to be to to create the lifestyle that i was looking for when i get into this right yeah so, so my my goal was to find the few brands that i could work for doing really great work for whenever however long you know mm-hmm. support my family on it you know until my kids grow up or in past like that's that's kind of that was the goal. So to take brands that were distressed, to save them and to stay with them for however long they were continue to be a brand. Yeah. The only other thing I have to say on this particular reply is the they're going to replace you thing. The more deals that we've done over the years, the more I realize that decision-making is so situational. Uh, A lot of brands, they come in, I mean, they come in knowing, Hey, we're going to like, whatever happens, this is a three month deal. And then we're going to try something else for three months. Like we're going to move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've been on the brand side now and there are like literally some brand directors who are like, that's the, that's literally the mindset before they, while they're taking the pitch. Unless you know that about a brand too, from the agency side, you can't, figure that out and i mean unless you squeeze they'll, they'll, that out we'll tell you like yeah we look we want we're looking for long-term partners like it's wild exactly but they want it they, they i mean what they learn from agencies is like you got to be testing and they're like well it seems like the biggest like testing we could do is test different agencies like yeah you know we don't really need to know the tactics at all if we're diversified across different agencies that we could choose from for right. quarterly you know like so i get that a little bit but it also is ultimately i think pretty short-sighted uh, even though you're trying to be diversified, maybe across different agencies, it does feel like, I mean, we've been on the end of this. I remember like our first, my first big account, we had it for a year. I was the key player in the fulfillment of that account. And we were just skyrocketing upwards on revenue on like a volume basis and an efficiency basis. And when they just turned out, it was exactly a calendar year, I think. Yeah. When we since landed, you'd started it. Since you'd started, it was a calendar year. Yeah, so we had actually been with them about six months before that, even. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it just, but either way, it felt like this decision is not based off of. It felt, and I could be wrong, because uh, again, you only hear, you don't hear 
what they're thinking internally. But it felt like soul crushing. What did I do wrong? And, uh, why like, are you guys? Why are you really... leaving me, Veronica? Yeah. Like why? You know <laughs> why would you leave me? Like we've been so good together. I would never do this to you. And uh, you know you wouldn't. That's how it feels because you're like I would never walk away from you. This is a good account for me. We're thriving. Why did you're, you leave me? You're winning. I'm winning. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, because now I've upgraded. I can. I now I can get better. Maybe than you. Like maybe and maybe cheaper. Or maybe or I can. There's a perception they can, or maybe yeah. they think they can do it in house or whatever, uh, or maybe they can. So the the other problem I think, and this is this is part of the second half of my um, uh, po like post here, is that it's like you don't you don't gain anything by being transparent and honest mm -hmm. as an agency. You're just, yeah. you're doing good business. And in many ways, it's sort of the industry standard to be transparency, transparent and honest. So I'm not saying don't be transparent and honest, but I am saying that you don't get anything by doing it. You give them all the tools they need to, to like right. move on, right? It's and you give their next agency all the tools they need to pick up and like just kind of continue the momentum you already created. It's really easy to keep momentum going. That is why I've noticed it a bunch of times. I don't necessarily have this view. I don't think it's actually totally correct, but I think it's definitely a view you can operate with and be pretty successful with. I've met plenty of people on the agency side, especially who look at security as a zero sum game. The yeah. more you build security for the brand, you know, you're performing for them so that they're covered. They're not as worried about paying the bills anymore. You're losing security on your side because they're just yep. able to consider more options now and their their load is lifted you come in and relieved a huge amount of stress for them now they yeah, can i can really make some decisions yet. and you're a little chess piece on their board yeah. whereas when when they met you and you were they were hoping you were their savior and you ultimately okay maybe that we're going a little you had the you had the maybe you weren't the savior point, but, but you they, they needed you so bad yeah and then the better you perform the more you tip the the scale in their favor that seems so yeah. misaligned to your point uh yeah. so I don't know. That that's my thoughts on it on is that. it is misaligned, and that's why the agency models changed, and that's why the brands don't like dealing with agencies now. So, like, uh, yeah, and and you when they come to you, you have the knowledge of how to fix it, right? And that we're like at least in these situations, and I think a lot of marketers, especially ones that are from that kind of heyday of e-commerce era, had this experience where it's like they came to you, and you had the knowledge of how to like make their thing work. Um, and then the more you made it work, the more you actually just shared that knowledge with them and put that knowledge in plain sight into their ad account, into their email account, into their landing pages, uh, and made it really easy for someone to come along and just like, okay, now I can continue that momentum. But before they came to you, it was like, you know, like it was yeah. some secret box that they just realized, like you kind of opened slowly for them. So they didn't realize it was such a, they don't, they don't realize how much they learned, you know, working with you. 100%. Uh, so, okay, let's go into the lightning round here. I have three questions for you. It doesn't okay. have to be lightning, but I would advise you, I'm not going to tell you all the questions thunder? at once. Can I would advise you not to over answer the questions or you might okay. kind of stomp on future answers. Okay. Okay. So three questions. First off, John, how have your thoughts changed on this topic as a fractional CMO since, since this era now that you've done a lot more fractional CMO work yep. using that brain, wearing that hat, especially how have your thoughts changed? And I guess overall, just in general, how have your thoughts changed on this? When I say that agencies business models aren't aligned, I mean that very literally don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is that agencies shouldn't be used. Agencies are a useful tool 
and the and the brands that use them best are the ones that have internal people that understand how the agency fits in as a vendor and can utilize them effectively. Uh, not, you know, they're rely they're not relying on agency to save their business. Wow, nice, beautiful, John. Second question: What would make you re-enter the agency world? And I guess I mean in like a mm. the mostly full time. Um, okay. So two things, uh, actually I'll just go with one since you said to not over answer selfishly, I would not enter on the fulfillment side. I'm just not personally not interested in that anymore. Uh, I would maybe help manage a fulfillment team within an agency. And I actually consult on mentor pass with a lot of agencies within an agency that understands like, Hey, you know what? There's some perceptional, like you, the best thing you can do as an agency is just work with the mindset of like, we're going to work in a system and that sit in the system's going to be designed for if it can work, we can make it work, but not outside of scope. Right. So if the agency sure. understands that, then I'll advise on fulfillment. Um, but I wouldn't enter on fulfillment. I would maybe enter on like biz dev and marketing because I am very interested in like uh, content creation, content marketing, continuing to do the, you know, the content that we do and having that, feed an agency partner that I actually think has like a good success rate for the right clients. Awesome. All right. Last question here, John. So you can take away whatever you want from the current climate, uh, current thoughts, preconceptions, all kinds of things. This is like a fantasy question. You're okay. Get crazy with it. As crazy as you want. I challenge you. All right. Make, make it make it a good put a good topper on this. This is the whipped okay. cream of the cherry on top of the episode. People have had their steak, they've had their vegetables, <laughs> dessert time. They ate their ice cream even. It's just whipped cream and cherry time now. Yeah, this is just like the last. This is the gooey part of the sundae in the bottom of the bowl. But secretly, that's whoever's listening to this favorite part, whatever that means to them. All right. Yeah. Having been on both sides, agency and brand, what would be a better model for all parties involved? What's the what would what would be the most aligned you could do it if you, you play god here you can control whatever you want you can move things around you can say well you have to do this you have to mm -hmm. do that imagine it's for you know you're mediating this and you're saying this is how it goes this is the new model that everybody has to do maybe you can variate off of this but here's how it's going to be better everybody just start doing it i'm john and i john almighty yeah want. um i think there are, there's one that inch, there's, I'll give like a hypothetical here. So I think in a hypothetical situation where like this happened again, um, I think that getting like doing contracts like they do for athletes might not be a bad way to do it where it's like, Oh, you're signing a two year, however many, however much like deal, right. Where it's like, you can just lock in that like performance deal for six months or a year or something like that. And, and it actually gets upheld. So that's the biggest thing is that contracts mean nothing in, in e-commerce D2C marketing agency world. They get violated all the time where the client asks if they can violate them. And unless it's like in some crazy amount of money, nobody's going to litigate over it. So they can just leave even if it violates a contract. And it happens all the time. Like, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just telling you what happens, right? So actually upholding the contracts and setting the contracts like that probably would mitigate a lot um like loyalty would mitigate a lot uh another model that i think i've seen that i think is is probably a better way of doing it is uh i've seen some agencies that specifically will like where will they'll do like a partner model so 
you know, I, I might have an agency if I want to do e-commerce. I might have an agency where I have an e-commerce agency that partners with creators who do not have an e-commerce brand yet. And I work with them to launch an e-commerce brand. They and I have equity in it. And uh, I've seen some agencies do it where it's like they have equity in it and their whole role is to is like a first three months or first six months kind of role. Then they have a minority equity and then they kind of hand it off to the to the partner to be a to, to like run the operations of the business and stuff like that. Right. And the, the creator's manager would do that or whatever. Um, so, yeah, those kinds of things, I think, could work a little bit better where it's like you can build your own uh, holding company portfolio with sweat equity. I think that could work. Mm-hmm. I love it. So essentially turn, uh, turn agency contracts into athlete contracts. Right. Yeah. Turn agency contracts. Does, athlete does that contract. mean you can trade that contract to a different brand? <laughs> yeah. like, hey, I don't want these yeah. guys anymore, but I got them for the next six months. They made yeah. me sign this crazy deal. I can't get out of it. It's fully guaranteed. That's actually a great, that's actually a great way to put it is that it's like, they can't just drop it. Like they either have to pay out the contract or find you another brand to work with that will pay the contract or like you do with a like I, look that's that's a weird one nobody's gonna do that and that's that's why it's not like this so you know like nobody's that would gonna be go great though if legally the the responsibility went on the brand side who is let's be honest yep. it's usually the one who breaks like a minimum or something saying i'm, I'm oh, out of yeah. here like yep. hey you can be out of here but you got to replace this revenue bucko even yeah. if that means I think that could still work out for them because that could mean limiting the upside by a ton. Here, I'll pass you off to this like lesser sure, brand. Maybe I'll pay half of it or something just to be rid of you. You know, like you would with like a trade. And I think it only works. Yeah, it, it works like it's like, hey, if we're gonna take a flyer as an agency, we're gonna make nothing. If you make nothing, you know, and then we do that, and that's gonna be a three month, and then we get to a point like where it's like, as soon as you pay us this month, this much, then we're going to go to a six month and you're responsible for the revenue, whatever it is. Um, something like that. Like, yeah, you got to pass it off to another brand or you got to pay it out or whatever. I mean, um, how funny would the atmosphere be if that was the case? I guess it would seem a lot like yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. That, that's the kind of answer ETM, I was looking for. Yeah, though, something... ETM was traded to Snow Teeth Whitening. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> Yeah, all right, John, that's all I have for this episode of Modern Marketer. I'll give you the floor to uh, to get us out of here, uh, but I'll say goodbye to everybody first. Thanks, guys. Casey, you can follow uh, Modern Commerce at, at Modcom Podcast on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll make we'll make handles for Modern Marketer as well. Yeah, maybe. 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 Right now, we already don't post commerce. very much from Modern Commerce. So. Yeah, follow follow Modern Commerce. It's kind of our hub for everything. Follow, yeah, or f- just follow me. I probably am the most active one on Twitter. At John James. Agreed. Yeah. Good. Good. Follow John. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so if I were to give a parting shot here, I would say there's nothing wrong with the agency business model. Uh, and for brands, like if you think, hey, agencies suck, well, it's probably just a symptom of, like, you know, I'll, I'll share more about this in another post, but it's probably just a symptom of like your brand doesn't necessarily have the right bones to work for an agency, you know, to, to work for the agencies that are really good. Uh, you know, your brand doesn't have the right characteristics for them. So they either don't want to work with you uh, or if they do want to work with you, they're charging an amount of money that you can't afford. So there's nothing wrong with building an agency business model. This is why they've been built this way is because there's just no loyalty and and nobody's really looking to work this way. Um, And anyone who's had a track record, like you could have caught me in 2017. And, you know, if you're a brand, you could have caught me in 2017 and I would have taken zero dollars in equity in your brand and just done sweat equity and uh, taking ownership i would have done that then 
I wouldn't do that now, right? I don't need to do that now. Uh, so I guess that's probably a, if you're a brand saying all agencies suck and I never fit into their model, um, you got to, I guess, going to go, you're going to have to go find some scrappy freelancer who will do it for just pure equity. Uh, and it's not going to be easy, but uh, I, it's, it's partially, partially brand's fault that we've gotten to this uh, in the agency brand kind of world and dichotomy. And it's not new. I, marketing agencies have existed for long before we created one. So I can't imagine it's new. I like that. Advocating for shared blame of the yeah. world we live in. Because the, the finger gets pointed plenty at agencies already. Yeah, yeah. You just feel like you don't have to do that. Deservedly so, though. They played their part as well. Oh, uh, yeah. John, I love it. Thanks again for this awesome episode. Guys, like the video, uh, rate and review on audio apps and we'll catch you on the next one later bye